Welcome to the Navigating Dental Insurance Podcast, where we don't take from insurance companies. Here are your hosts, Mr. Jordan Comstock and Mr. Ben Duinay. This podcast is sponsored by BoomCloud Dental Membership Software, www.boomcloudapps.com, and Veritas Dental Resources, www.veritasdentalresources.com. Enjoy the show. Welcome, everybody, to another exciting episode of the Say No to PPO podcast series. This is the Navigating Dental Insurance podcast. My name is Ben Tuina. I've got my co-host, Jordan Comstock. What's up, Jordan? Yo-ho, brother. How's it going? How's it going? Pretty good. Pretty good. It's been, well, a long, it's been a long time since I've had you on the podcast. We've been you know, yeah. doing solo podcasts. <laughs> it's we, all still, we still like each other. Yeah, we do. We, we still, <laughs> Jordan moved his office. I've had a, a number of personal family stuff going on this year. So this year has just been kind of a blur from that perspective. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. There is so much content that we're going to be putting on for 2020. And we're going to, this, this month at least, you know, we have a phenomenal guest with us that many of you have already, most of you probably have already heard of, if not all. Um, but we have a, a huge lineup next year, for instance, just kind of a sneak peek of next year. Delta Dental in Arizona did that big fee cut. So the big question is, is what are your options? What do you do? You know, we're working on something really big that potentially could, could lead to a solution for doctors in Arizona, uh, as well as just general coding issues, you know, just an, a rise of denials with, with dental insurance carriers on scaling and route planning, you know, all, all the basic stuff that you see, but those things are actually increasing in 2020. And so we're going to have some guests and key industry leaders to, to come and talk about that stuff. And uh, so stay tuned for all that as we uh, as we have new episodes pushing out in 2020. But I'm going to turn the time over to Jordan to introduce our guest today, who uh, I've been looking forward to chatting with. So Jordan, floor is yeah. yours. Thanks, dude. Uh, I do have one announcement too. Um, we will be at Voices of Dentistry. I don't know um, if many of our listeners know about that. It's in Arizona. Uh, Phoenix, Arizona, go to voicesofdentistry.com, I believe. And you can learn about that conference. It's like all the podcasters are going to be there and we all hang out and have a party and there's speakers and it's going to be cool. So I'll be there. Our team is, is sponsoring that event. So whoever's listening, I would encourage you, encourage you to go so we can hang out. So we'll be on the sober section, but don't, don't let that be a deterrence to come and talk to us. No, we won't be slurring our speech. That's for sure. No, no, no. <laughs> so today I'm super excited to have a friend on the, on the show. Her name is Grace Rizzo and she is from identity dental marketing. What is up Grace? Hi Jordan. <laughs> I'm super excited to have you on today. I'm super excited to be here. Yeah. So we're going to be talking about some marketing tips that Grace has for everybody because I believe that it's it's a super important um, part of the practice that needs to be talked about a lot. Um, I know I work with lots of practices that um, definitely need help with marketing because it is really important because every practice has attrition. So um, it's important to keep those marketing funnels coming. So Grace, can you tell us a little bit about yourself for those that those of our uh, listeners that don't know you, uh, tell a little bit about yourself and how you got into dental marketing. Of course, I'm happy to. Um, thanks for having me. So yeah. um, I'm the owner and founder of Identity Dental Marketing. We've been in business for 10 years, which makes me feel really old, <laughs> um, but I'm not that old. Yeah. Um, and we are a full service custom dental marketing company, anything from 
brand development, logos, websites. Um, we're heavy into digital marketing just because right now that's really where the best return on investment is in most markets. So yeah. That's super awesome. Um, did, did, did you start in the dental industry like working in a practice? I guess yes. I, I don't even I, know this about you. I did. I worked in a practice for a couple years prior to starting Identity. And um, I have so much respect for people who can work in a dental practice. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a unique challenge. Um, but yeah, I started in there. I never did anything clinical because I like, like spit makes me vomit. So yeah, I'm mm. always on the dental, always on the business side for sure. Yeah. So. See, I, see, I started on the clinical side and it, it was gross. <laughs> so I was on the, I was on the lab side. So I would get like these bloody impressions. <laughs> so funny. Jordan and I went up to remember this meeting up in Weber at Weber state. Yeah. Uh -huh. it was with an oral surgeon and, um, uh, the oral surgeon was doing a presentation on all on fours and he was showing a live oh. video of cutting into the bones and barf and drilling in <laughs> classic. Uh, yeah, that was horrible. So, I, I, yeah. Can I, can I just like, so the way we're reacting right now, I mean, we're, we're probably being really offensive to our audience. So maybe probably. we need to tone it down a little bit, but also Jordan, quit being offensive, Jordan. Yeah, Jordan. But I'm also I want to say, you know, people need to learn how to say no to gross marketing too, because yeah. th there's so many people posting like their clinical cases on their Instagram page and they've got, you know, header on, on their website. They've got the first thing you see when you go there is just like a person in a chair, like getting actual dental work done. And it's like, no, yeah. don't, don't yeah. market that way. That's not where the patient wants to be mentally. Well, the patients probably react a lot like how we're reacting, right? When they see stuff like that. The, yeah. yeah you think like very immature and over the top. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> very <laughs> immature. Like, did you see that? It was so gross. <laughs> let me, let me bring some maturity to this conversation. I think I'm oh, over. Thank you, Ben. <laughs> no. Why no, is mature Ben? <laughs> you bring up a really good point, Grace, because I am, I'm sure we're all the same. We, we all like a bunch of dental practices and every week I get tagged on, well not tagged, but I view uh, um, surgery that's going on like pictures and images yes. of the surgery. And this is, this is, these are the images that the patient base sees that yeah. that's liking that page. And last week it was a, a facial laceration Wow, and it was so deep and you know, it's kind of like those things that sometimes when you see even movies or TV shows, you, you tend to cringe at some of those images. I, I kind of get used to it because I've seen it for years. Um, but I imagine that the patients, it, it's, it's off-putting, you know. When people say I'm fearful of the dentist, it like now that whole perception of fearing any dental work increases. Oh, yeah. It definitely is fear-inducing. One of the things, so I want to propose a game for anyone listening. When you see gross dental posts, I want you to tag Jordan. <laughs> and then I'm gonna tag Grace. <laughs> yeah. So just for anyone was... out there that's listening, Jordan Comstock, tag him when you see oh, no. posts on social media. But yeah. but so to kind of segue, sorry to just jump in and take the reins, but no, you're Insta good. Instagram's definitely changing how we market in dentistry, and it's becoming. Um, so much more common and it's such an important platform to consider at this point, even more so than just one year ago. So, you know, if anyone's looking at their marketing program going, 
okay, what, what should I be adding or tweaking? If you haven't thought about Instagram, I think that's an important thing to consider. So is, so is Instagram pretty good for, for local marketing then? Cause I, whenever I think of like Instagram, I think of like the big influencers on Instagram. So, so can you explain like if, if maybe a practice owner is thinking that way too, what, what are some of the benefits or of local Instagram or, or how, how would that, how would you approach that? So you can, you can advertise on Instagram just like you would on Facebook okay. and actually your Facebook ads can run on Instagram if you have it set up properly. Uh-huh. Um, you know, another thing people, if you're, if you're selling a cosmetic type solution for people, people want to see what you're like. And so it used to be that they'd go to your website, find you, read some reviews, and then they'd go to your Facebook page to see what you're really like, to see what your team is like, whatever. And just, I'm yeah. seeing more and more people get comfortable on Instagram. So they're kind of using it in that way. Interesting. Right. Cool. What's the difference between Facebook and Instagram? Cause when I think of Instagram, I think photos. Yes. When I think of Facebook, I think just general videos, social so, media aspect, you know, connecting with people from yeah. a marketing perspective, what, what are the differences between those two platforms? Awesome question. So the layout is the biggest difference. When you're looking at Instagram, you've got to start thinking about how these images look together to create a unified brand. So you'll see a lot of people that have really thought out their brand have alternating layouts that, that look cute together. Whereas on Facebook, you don't really have to think about how they look together because you're only viewing one post independently of another post. So from an aesthetic standpoint, there's a little bit different um, strategy there. Gotcha. Make, and, makes perfect sense. Yeah. And I guess while we're on the topic, like with the messaging, like I go, like I just pulled up my Instagram, right? Just as we're talking and I'm like scrolling through it. Like I follow like mostly comedy things and then like family and friends. What, like when I'm on Instagram, what are some tips? Like as I'm scrolling through my, my Instagram here, what are tips to like, to like pull the, the, the viewer into to the ad? Does that make sense? Do you like give away something for free or is there anything like that in your toolbox? <laughs> so I'm, I'm starting to even do my own a little bit differently. If you follow uh-huh. mine, you'll see kind of what I'm doing. I, I think but I'm I alter- you. Um, maybe. I don't know. I, am I a friend? Do I you fit in comedian? <laughs> like, I definitely don't fit in comedian. I know that. I know that. Um, I, I think it depends on what you want your brand to be. So for instance, sure. like if Nike has a brand of motivation, they're going to show pictures of athletes in action and, and things that evoke that emotion. Whereas if you're highly cosmetic, let's say you're a cosmetic dental practice, you're going to want really visually aesthetic posts because that's how people are relating to you. Sure. Yeah. And then if you're trying to be a comedian, you know, or you are a comedian, obviously you're going to need to have some video content and have some, some punchy, funny stuff going on. So mm-hmm. whatever it is, I always recommend starting with who are we? What's our brand? How do we want people to feel when they encounter our brand? And then just staying consistent with that. Okay. Perfect. You know, there's always these trends with social media and I kind of feel like, you know, there's, there's certain perhaps windows of opportunity to, to maintain or at least gain a competitive advantage, you know, like Facebook live when it first came out and YouTube and YouTube videos, YouTube marketing, things like that is, 
when it comes to uh, the older train of thought of direct marketing, direct mail, you know, all these traditional methods of reaching out to the community that are non-social media related, you know, for a person in that mindset, Grace, what is your advice to people like that in terms of getting into these unique opportunities of marketing, like, like Instagram, as an example, how do you get people to, to, to get interested to the relevance of Instagram marketing or Facebook marketing? Absolutely. So I think a lot of the holdup is that it's less tangible. When someone buys a mailer, they're buying something physical that they can look at and feel, and they know exactly who it's going to. And so it feels very tangible. When you're moving from that mindset to digital, you just have to realize that it is, it is tangible. You have, to, you have to learn how to make it tangible by looking at the stats and having those conversations. So the first like recommendation that I would give is um, make it tangible for yourself in some way. Even if that's just looking at uh, traffic to your website based on ads or hits or clicks or whatever it is, make it tangible because what you're paying for is exposure yeah. and it's, it's just different. And, and if you haven't embraced digital marketing yet, um, this, well, what I'm about to tell you will help you embrace that. So typically traditional marketing forms like direct mail, radio, whatever it may be, um, you're, you're going to invest about 400 to $500 to bring in a new patient and up right. with digital, that number can be 200 and, and down. So the longer you invest, especially when you have retargeting implemented, the better these things work because people have seen that message over and over again. So, so patient, patient acquisition cost, if you patient acquisition cost is, is like way lower. Mm -hmm. So hmm. it is right now anyways. Yeah. So very interesting. Um, so what, here's a question I have for you. So what are some of the changes in the social me media marketing uh, world that we need to know if we're going to be doing this strategy in 2020? So there's a lot of opportunity. Um, what I see right now is, is people running, maybe just starting to dabble with ads. There's a lot of do-it-yourself stuff going on, and it's a lot of times wrong. I see ad spends going really quickly because they're targeting they, – they didn't know they were targeting everyone in the country. Or, yeah, because I know you have to – like you can exclude like certain segments. I mean, we do a lot of LinkedIn ads. I'm mm -hmm. sure it's similar to what Facebook is. Um, and you can exclude some – just demographics. Right. And, and I think most, and the same thing with like Google search too. Like if you, if you typed in the, the word dental or something and said, I want to put an ad on dental, it's going to go on like dental supplies and it's going to go on if you don't like target everything. Yeah. So we call those negative keywords where yeah. we, we block things out that definitely helps you narrow it down. There's a lot of settings people miss when you're looking at Facebook ads and things like that. People don't always know the rules and they're constantly changing. Uh -huh. So they just changed this week where we can't say you or your in, in ads. So Seriously? we're going through and updating like, yeah, series of ads for these, these one word, these tiny little changes that happen and all of a sudden people don't realize their ads are shut off. And so. So what, what's the point of that? The you and your. I don't even know. It's just. My, dumb? <laughs> I mean, well, there's, there's a lot of things. So you could say like, is your smile where you want it? And they could be like, that's shameful. And they pull the ad or oh, I see. you oh. have too much text on the ad. They'll pull that. And that's it. You know what? So, you're, you know what's shameful? Your regular, your rules. Your <laughs> that's what's shameful. Hey, you better be careful though. Who we talk yeah. about here. They can yeah. hear us right now. <laughs> they can hear like, everything. Turn my watch off right now. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
But yeah, so I think just having a professional that can help you keep up with the rules of the game so that your ads stay live and that they stay functioning and knowing when you've hit ad fatigue, really just yeah. having someone look at the numbers for you so that you can stay on top of these things. Cause it's a lot to manage a business. And then this whole department that let's face it, you probably don't know a lot about it. Well, marketing is huge just in general. Mm -hmm. Like it's a, it's a, it's a beast. Mm -hmm. So yeah, definitely. Last, last week I saw this uh, advertisement on Facebook, uh, how to become a fee for service dental practice. And I saw there are a few comments. I clicked on the comments and they were all about, Hey, I'm a plumber. How did I get started to see this advertisement? I'm an engineer. Yeah. They kept going down and saying, me too. This is not even relevant to me. Why is it on my Facebook feed? It's because they're targeting everybody. <laughs> Someone missed a button somewhere. <laughs> yeah, somebody, uh, that's funny. <laughs> I didn't see, I didn't even realize that. I'm a plumber. You know, I, I, get, I get advertisements from, from doctors that I know that are, I'm in Utah, but they're out in Virginia. And so I don't know if they're paying for me to see that, but they're I, probably your, they're pr probably your clients or whatever. And you're on their list or something. And, and gotcha. Yeah. But I guess, like I guess that's the difference with, I get those too. <laughs> <laughs> like trying to do it on your own versus, versus hiring a professional, which leads me to my next question for you, Grace. So theme of our insurance, of course, is insurance is a big thing. Membership plans is a big thing. And I'm, I'm the insurance guy uh, representing the podcast and, I get questions a lot of times from startup practices, startup doctors that do startup practices. They, you know, they hire us to help them determine if joining PPOs is something that might be helpful or um, if there are other avenues for them to be successful in terms of growth, initial growth. And this morning I got a question from a potential client that said, so if I sign up with a bunch of PPOs and he shared a full list with me and it was somewhere in the range of 30 dental plans, <clears throat> his question was, how many patients should I expect per month? Hmm. <laughs> what would be your answer, Grace? And then I'll give mine. Well, I'll just tell you what the answer is that I hear all the time because I, I host about three to five marketing planning sessions a day with dentists. And a lot of times this is like the beginning of their conversation is, well, I caved and I signed up with a bunch of plans and this is exactly what they say. And they're like, I didn't see any increase in new patients. So here I am. Mm. And it's like, I'm like their default solution after they like, and it, it's, it's, it's hard to hear on a daily basis. It's like upsetting because I'm like, who's out there setting this expectation that once you're on a list of you and a thousand other doctors that, that you're going to see the spike. Right. Yeah. I agree with that. I agree. And that's, that's my advice to anybody, any doctor that's out there that when you sign up to become a, a listed member, participating member of insurance, there are zero guarantees that being on that list is going to produce any patients. In fact, in my own tracking, I've tracked that uh, less than 5% of patients that are active and use dental insurance find, their, find a dental practice through their online directory, the Aetna directory or the Delta directory. It's a really, really low percentage, which begs the question, I guess this is relevant to a lot of doctors out there that are considering joining PPO plans is joining PPO plans, a marketing technique, or is it, is it a marketing ploy or is it going to help new patients? And my answer to that is no, absolutely not. You yeah. have to, you have to supplement if you're going to join PPOs to make the best of it. 
you, you just have to supplement it with, with having an aggressive or some type of marketing program in your practice that is completely separate from just joining a PPO plan. That's it been my may, experience. It may make a difference when you have, you know, your team answering the phone and people are calling yes. and saying, well, do you accept mm -hmm. it? At that point, it may make a difference in your numbers over time Correct. to some extent. Um, but I don't necessarily see people signing up and then them being like, oh, where do I pull in all these patients? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Not what we see. Yeah, that, that's exactly what we see too, is yeah. people are disappointed when they sign up with PPOs and they have absolutely no marketing strategy and they're, yeah. they're just sitting waiting for the phone to ring. It can actually be really devastating because yeah. they're sitting there and then they have to take this huge cut on what they're getting reimbursed a lot of times. And sometimes yeah. they didn't negotiate and they didn't do it thoughtfully. Mm -hmm. And now they're in a, now they got to work twice as hard and they don't even have the patience. And yeah it can be devastating. Right. Right. I agree. I agree. Yep. Yeah. But you can, you can look at what you have, look at your situation and create a marketing plan around it. And if you have certain plans that reimburse you um, in a way that you're happy with that, you can definitely plan your marketing around what you have um, without a doubt. Yeah. So, and that's, that's my recommendation. If you do PPOs and, and, and nine times out of 10 startup practices, it, it's a little bit easier to, uh, for patients to pick them if they're participating with a dental plan, but you should always have a marketing professional that you're working with on a strategy to actually proactively reach out there and get those patients. You know, just don't, don't, don't wait and sit and think they're going to call because they don't. No, nope. <clears throat> So, all right, here's my next question for you, Grace. <clears throat> so I think this, this is what triggered our, our conversation in, in bringing you on the show um, the other day because I, I mean, here at Boom Cloud, we, we work with practices that are creating membership programs who they want to grow them, right? Because number one, they want to reduce dependence on PPOs and have their own you know, system in place. How can, a, how can a practice market their membership program to existing uninsured patients and as well as attract new uninsured patients to join their program. So I think the first step in this is, is realizing that they, that they can and they should market. I think uh -huh. so many people still hear the word um, marketing and it's like worse than the F word to them. <laughs> like nails on a chalkboard. They're like I, I do no marketing. I, I don't believe in it. It's not a religion. You know, it's, yeah. it, it's the F word is that bad. It's my favorite word. <laughs> I mean, this uh, is how people, people are treating marketing. And I'm just being honest with you. Yeah. This is how people treat marketing. It's this horrible thing. And I think it's because there's been so much bad marketing in dentistry. And there's been so much, so much just preying on dentists who don't understand how yeah. to market that people have like a, just a bad feeling about it. Um, learning enough to where you can make smart marketing decisions is, is really step one. Um, step two is, is embracing it. The fact that it's there and then coming up with a plan. So if you are offering a membership program to your patients, thinking about, okay, how many patients do we want on this plan and what are the benefits of it? So even when you're setting it up, 
you should be thinking about your end goal for the plan. Sure. So yeah. I've had people say, I'm, I'm, I want to do a membership plan, but I don't really want to get my existing patients on it. I've had that. That's a common objection here as well. When we, we help practices, big one. If you're not comfortable with the, with what you're offering, you've got to look at the benefit of it. In my opinion, mm -hmm. how much loyalty is this going to bring? What kind of differences is going to have in the practice in the long term? Sure. And then how are you going to leverage it to bring in new patients? So just like we market any other benefit in a practice, I would market a membership program the same way. So you create video ads are very powerful right now. So talk about your purpose. Why did you create this program for your patients? Always focus it in words um, relating to benefit for the patient. Sure. So yeah. get to the meaning of what it is that you're trying to say. And a lot of times it's, we want to make this, um, you know, affordable, highest quality care, things that dentists care about, but at the same time, they don't want to necessarily be completely um, controlled by, and I don't even like saying insurance, but dental benefits organizations. Yeah. So <clears throat> come up with a plan and, and set a number. Like we'd like to have X amount of people on our plan, both, I mean, your existing patients, when they're on this, they're going to be so much more loyal to you. Mm. And their competition, it's there. I mean, it's only getting higher and higher. So anything that you have to get them committed to you and a part of your dental family is going to be a huge advantage. And then with the external marketing, you market it just like anything else. You have strong messaging, strong images, meaning behind it. And then you, you purchase space. Here's the other thing. People don't want to spend money on marketing. I see a lot of like in the Facebook forums and things like, how do I market with no money? And it's like, okay, well then how much time do you have to put into this? Something's yeah. got to give. So don't be afraid to set a budget, let it run for a while and evaluate what it's done and, and how it's affected. What do you recommend? Like for a while, is that like a week, two weeks, a month, six months, six months, just run yeah. it and, and look at the numbers and say, okay. Um, You've got to run. You've got to run a campaign long enough for people to see it, uh -huh. remember it, remember you, and then get it. Get a pain or have a bad experience with their dentist, and then change. And so, when you run it for a month, you might hit a couple people that are ready, and you hit them just with the right message, and that might work. Um, but unless you have, I mean, if you've got a huge ad spend, you might see immediate return on investment. But typically, you want it to run for about six months before you start you know, reallocating and pulling and panicking. Just to get the data, you want to, you want, you want to make data-based decisions, right? So, you know, by, by running it for six months, you, you, you're able to see the data and you can make small tweaks and changes to optimize the, the ad. <laughs> Goodness, are you okay? <laughs> yep. <laughs> I wasn't drinking water or anything. <laughs> it's like a bottle of whiskey. It's, it's whiskey in a water bottle. Um, so, Grace, uh, quick question on. Um, I could have used some whiskey at work today, actually. <laughs> I've had those days. I've had those days. <laughs> so, you mentioned something, Grace, about bad marketing. Um, I know, you know, our purpose is not to ever poke holes at people, individuals, organizations, Never. but, but do you have any examples of marketing that people that d dentists should shy away from? 
I've got some red flags that I can make people aware of so that they can make smart decisions. Um, the first is <clears throat> the biggest thing that's been, that's bothered me, especially in the last year or so has been a lack of transparency on ad spend and ad budget. So when people, when a marketing company says you should be investing $3,500 a month on, on this ad campaign and this ad campaign, and then they don't necessarily say, well, how much of that 3,500 is going to purchase your space on Facebook or Google? They don't give those numbers. And then the doctor has no way of confirming that the amount that they determined is actually, so essentially the marketing company could pocket your entire ad spend. Sure, yeah. They could do that every third month and, and most dentists wouldn't even notice. Yeah, I'm sure. And it happens a lot. I was gonna say, I'm sure that happens. <laughs> it happens a lot. I, I know like of organizations that do this and sometimes they start with like a free trial at the beginning. They literally will dump like 10 grand into your ad campaign and you'll see like all these leads and hits and you'll get all excited. So you sign an annual contract. And then before you know it, uh, you, the phones are just dead and you're like, what's going on? They're like, oh, we're gonna make some tweaks. And they kind of like coach you along until the end of the contract. Mm -hmm. So that transparency has to be there. That's number one. Yeah, I agree. Uh, yeah. suck if somebody's taking my ad spend. <laughs> well, and, and Jordan, you're very marketing savvy. I mean, we yeah. love marketing. I like marketing. <laughs> so, but could you imagine like being in that dental setting where you're going from patient to patient to patient, like you don't have time to necessarily unravel every ad campaign and where everything no. else is going. So, I mean, it happens more than, I, than I'd like to see. Yeah, that's too bad. That's that's too bad. Um, I guess yeah. I, I guess I looked at uh, ha having a guy do uh, Facebook ads for us, and it seemed really sketchy because I'm like, is, did I say Facebook or LinkedIn? I can't remember. You said Facebook. I meant LinkedIn. Okay. Um, so we just, I mean, we just had one of our our team members here do it, and and we have access to we whatever ad spend we want, right? And obviously, what I pay my employee to do it. But um, yeah, that, I, I guess I never really thought that that could happen in dentistry because most likely, you know, the, the, the practice owner is uh, probably with patients all day and doesn't have time to look at dumb marketing reports, it's right? Mostly, <laughs> it's mostly happening on Google with Google ads. Oh, okay. Interesting. What are some, what are some examples? I mean, what should, I guess, I guess it depends really on the product or service that the, the practice is wanting to focus on. Um, but do they, is it call to action, like call the office or, or are they trying to collect emails? What, what's the goal with, with, with some There's of these all different kinds of campaigns and things uh -huh. that happen. Um, what's the most really common one that like that, that drives results rather quickly. So I'm really big on retargeting. Okay. So a lot of people like preach, on that data collection and dentists love data. So like they eat that. Sure. Up. Yeah. Um, but anytime you're, so a couple things, anytime you're taking patient information, you're building a campaign around it, you're likely in breach of HIPAA. Mm -hmm. So be very careful taking patient information and uploading it to say like Facebook and creating a lookalike audience and stuff. Oh, even interesting. Learned it, even if you learned it at like a dental seminar or something like that, um, you shouldn't be sharing your patient's data with Facebook. Yeah. Um, in my opinion. That you makes can, sense. I didn't even think about that. With, with 
you know, you don't need a lot in budget to really blanket your community and for everyone to know who you are. Mm -hmm. If you target properly, if you set the ad up properly, if you let it run, and then if you use retargeting, you can get a lot of repeat exposure for a very low cost. So for those that don't know what retargeting is, can you kind of explain that? Sure. So that's anytime anyone clicks through on a page that you've got the retargeting set up on. So it could be a web page, it could be a landing page, um, but they click through on an ad or anything. It could be to download a free PDF or something like that. But yeah. anytime they click through, they're now going to see your future ads. And this can be on, you can retarget on most platforms. We do a lot of retargeting on um, Facebook and Google. So if they come to my website and they download my ebook, I have an ebook that I give practices, um, which I do have a pixel, a Facebook pixel on that. Um, they download the ebook and um, then they're able to see my next ad. Maybe it's an invite to a webinar in my case or, or whatever it is that I'm doing. Um, that's what it is. So if they come to my website, then it's, it's collecting all that data um, and then remarketing or retargeting and, to those. And what people need to realize is, and one of my, one of my clients actually told me this, she goes, you know, she goes, marketing is like antidepressants. She said, <laughs> you don't know that you need it and rely on it until it's gone. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm so <laughs> That's good. That. That's good. I like I'm that. So yeah. Because <laughs> when you're doing it and business is good, you're going, well, I don't know if the marketing's really doing this or if it's just that I got really great since I started marketing. So I'm going to like pull it back and see what happens. And then they see like the gradual dip and it's not overnight, you know, it's gradual. Sure. They're like, yeah, well, when we were marketing, we were going up and then when we stopped, we were going down, but I didn't see the direct correlation and people are not realizing that marketing, a lot of it takes place on the subconscious level. It has to do with repeat exposure. And when you think of a brand, think of actually you know, a brand is like an impression of who you are. People have to get to know you and, fe and feel like they know you before they're going to choose you as their dentist or whatever it is that you do. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think that's awesome. Um, I like retargeting as well. I think it's pretty sweet. So um, Grace. Oh, go ahead, Ben. Oh, I'm sorry. <clears throat> no, you're good. Somebody brought a bunch of barbecue in, so I'm like smelling that, and I'm like, it. I'm. I'm <laughs> you can smell it, guys. Yeah, um, I'm like going over here. By the I'm look like, on your face. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll be there in ten minutes. Yeah. Uh, so, so Grace, you've been very gracious with your time. Thank, thanks for spending time with us today. I just, I just have one more question. Sure. In dentistry. Do pe people really buy the relationship or they, are they, do they look at it as commodity where they're buying a procedure? Both. What is your both? Okay. Both. And you have to think about what kind of patient do you want for your practice? Mm -hmm. Is it the more the merrier? Are you at a point where you're being selective and your marketing is going to guide what kind of patients you attract? Awesome. Great answer, by the way. Thanks. That was actually a genuine question because I, I don't know. I, I hear all the time that um, people are saying that dentistry is becoming more of a commodity. You know, the relationship game is, is really uh, less important for a lot of dental practices. But me personally, you know, for my dentist, I, it's, a, it's a personal relationship. Well, I guess because he's my uncle. Um, <laughs> and the fact that he's like 85 years old and still, you know, practicing, still very active. <laughs> Um, I always believe that it's, it's definitely relationship, but I could see how it's both, you know, it, it can definitely be both. And I think there's nothing more frustrating than running and growing a business and not having your ideal patient in your practice 
it can be a very frustrating thing. So if you have ads out that are like free this, free that, but you're really trying to connect with someone who's appreciating, um, you know, high quality care, yeah. you need marketing that matches who you are. Awesome. Yeah, that's a great answer. Cool. Thank well, Grace, do you have any any final thoughts for the show? We I, I appreciate you coming on and hanging out with us today. Yeah. Thank you so much. Um, no, I would just invite listeners if you'd like to follow me. I've got a Facebook group. It's originally called Dental Marketing with Grace. So feel awesome. free to join me. What if if somebody wants to contact you and and get your your company to help with marketing? What's the best way to go about that as well? Thank you. Um, they can email me grace at identitydental.com. Cool. So email is the, is the best. So yeah, reach out to Grace. Uh, she can help you guys uh, uh, grow and market your practice in your local community. She's awesome. One of my favorite people in dentistry. Um, so Ben, any other final thoughts? No, thanks. Grace. I, uh, all I have to say is, you know, we, we know, and we talk to a lot of people that, that are real um, in tune with marketing in dentistry. But I just have to say, this is my first conversation with Grace that I'm just impressed. She really knows what she's talking about. Like the answers just roll off of her tongue. And this was not a scripted. I mean, we just kind of came up with these questions randomly. Um, so, you know, in terms of the credentials and the trust, I personally would put my, my faith behind what Grace is talking about because it, it, it really does genuinely seem like she really knows her stuff. So I'll just end with that. Awesome. Thanks, dog. I'm going to eat this barbecue. So, uh, Grace, <laughs> thanks again for coming <laughs> on the show. And we, for those of you listening, if you're driving, drive safe. Um, and uh, happy holidays out there. Happy holidays. Thank you, Grace. Thank you, All right. Sir. Thanks, Grace. Rock and roll, everybody.